Welcome to The Creative Cure, the podcast for creative explorers. Do you have a creative soul, but you're not sure how to express yourself? Well, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Marianne Slater, visual artist, author, photographer, flower faffer, business owner, and a woman on a mission to bring everyone's creativity to life. I'm talking to some of the most creative people I know, asking them where their creativity comes from, how it shows up for them in all aspects of their lives, and hopefully inspiring you to find your own creative cure along the way. Today, I'm going to be talking to the amazing Susie from Susanna Greening. Susie is a bridal designer creating romantic, stylish and luxurious bridal wear from her studio in the Peak District. Susie has worked for the likes of Paul Smith, Temple London and Matthew Williamson and set up her own brand for bespoke wedding gowns in 2017. Susie and I met through our work in the wedding industry and quickly became great friends, sharing the ups and downs of running our own businesses, as well as a love for all things wild and natural. So today we're going to be chatting about Susie's creative journey and how she uses and has developed her style of creativity to fit her business. Hello Susie. Hi, wow what an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's all just, uh, it's all just lovely things about my lovely friend um, and all true. Thank you so much for for being here. Um, I think we're both feeling a bit overwhelmed by uh, recording ourselves, but you know, it's all new, it's all exciting. Um, I think when I first told you I wanted you on this, you were a bit like, no. I've ground her her down. I'm not um, the best speaker, shall we say. My hands are much better at making things (laughs) than talking about stuff, but we'll give it a go. I find that I am... I can talk, but I usually have to be fiddling with something. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe yeah. we should have got you a, a little embroidery. Yeah, true. <laughs> to, yeah. to do this podcast, bribed with embroidery. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, I guess let's dive in. Um, I think it'd be really good to find out. Obviously, I know, but what is your background? Uh, what's been your journey to this point? What sort of um, education have you had in terms of? Did you do a lot of art at school um yeah give us a little a little Susie (laughs) um yeah so uh I always feel very lucky because I've kind of always known what I wanted to do and I've always had a kind of clear direction of the way that I wanted my I guess well I didn't know it was ever going to be a business I just always have loved making stuff and it's very set into our my mum's side of the family are all very creative and I've always loved making things. So I think from even being a little girl, I just have such vivid memories of being with my nanny and she taught me how to sew and how to knit and we'd make Christmas cards together and every time we'd go and visit her, she'd have like a new creative craft that she'd been working on that she'd be like really excited to show me how to do it or like we did some uh, embossing stuff like just all sorts of real creative stuff so I think it's definitely always been ingrained deeply within me um but yeah I've always loved sewing and then my mum as well she was she used to be a teaching assistant at our school and she'd be the one that would teach like sewing and crafts and she'd do all those sort of fun things with us um yeah so I always did like making my own clothes growing up and like me and mum would do like 
costumes together and outfits and then from school I always loved doing um textiles and making stuff um I have always my creativity is quite interesting because um I used to would never describe myself as being super creative Mm -hmm. because I also have quite a mathematical and scientific side of my brain um so I find being freely creative (laughs) as Marianne is aware quite difficult so in terms of doing art and design and those sort of things they have they haven't come naturally to me um and I think I have to have quite a structured plan of what how I want to be creative Mm -hmm. um and going through school and college especially I discovered that pattern cutting was how I could marry those two sides of my brain so the real creative artistic side to the more mathematical scientific side and it just seemed that pattern cutting kind of led them both together in a way that I could like hone my creativity (laughs) I am I always try and say to people like when I'm sort of describing the what I think creativity is I always say to them that like even an engineer has to be creative yes you know creativity isn't just drawing something perfectly or I mean I guess I guess you probably did do a lot of the traditional art things where you were quite good at drawing something perfectly yeah yeah but then dreaming something up out of your brain is a very creative thing isn't it yeah yeah but for you it comes alongside you know like not strict rules but no you know it's funny you say engineering because I guess that is what my brain kind of does it engineers the garment or the 3d yeah it's got to be to exact measurements definitely you know what I I've always said this to you like I can't I my brain does not work like yours in any way like (laughs) I have sat down and tried to make a dress before and I just get I get blinded by all the, <laughs> the you know, seam allowance and fold yeah. this and, like, doing things on the reverse. Inside and when I have to put, When I have to put, like, two, the back pieces of fabric together and then I think I've done it right and then I look at it and I'm like, nope, that didn't work. <laughs> I just, my brain doesn't work like that. Um, and I just, it's, it's quite fascinating, really, that the way that's what, sort of what I'm trying to t- trying to get across to people is that there's so many different variations of creativity. Yeah. Um, and yeah it's just it's just fascinating actually um but it's interesting that you say that you did like loads of crafty stuff with your nanny and your your mum as well um and did you find did you find the the playing of that in like I know you maybe can't think back like exactly how you were feeling at the time because you're probably quite young but I like when I was creative when I was a kid I just loved making a mess like that was my I was messy play uh, I was scribbly scribbly like stick a load of stuff together um I quite like I quite like um sort of a creative problem solving thing like I'd like to build a tower in the garden and cover it in mud how am I going to do that like that that was sort yeah. of my thing but did you find that even that technical side of you was coming out in the in the play yeah of... I think so it was never like especially with stuff like knitting I I was always concerned about it looking really neat <laughs> or like I'd do a card but I'd want it to be like you know an actual card that was really pretty that I could give like be functional and again I've never been I don't think I've, I like colouring, got to stay inside the lines, like it was always, I okay. think I've always felt quite like 
constrained, I guess, by everything has to be a certain way. Um, And I guess I used to think maybe that held me back a bit, whereas now I know that is perfect for my job and it's, I've built a business around my brain acting that way and I know, like, I love everything to be spot on and I am a bit of a perfectionist, (laughs) um, which can be very detrimental, but I've learned that actually those skills are what makes me so good at my job and what makes me create garments that fit perfectly and look beautiful and are you know made immaculately because I've got those skills that I've built up so here's something I don't know about you are you good at drawing like I not I don't mean dress drawing like were you a good at realist drawing yeah not so no. much okay that's interesting again when I was at university I actually really struggled with my course because generally you do a design course and mm-hmm. that's what if like it's a fashion design course and I really struggled because I just wanted to make the stuff and do the pattern cutting okay. whereas all the even like doing sketchbook stuff I really struggled at like getting all the stuff out of my head onto the paper like making it all a bit like I guess a bit like haphazard just going with it I can't like even that I found quite difficult and I've really I used to again would never call myself a designer because I felt like I wasn't a good enough artist or drawer to call myself that whereas now I absolutely would claim I'm a designer because I I do my all my own designs I you know I come up with them and drawing them getting them down on paper so that other people can see my vision is a skill I've really had to work on and it's something I've really had to build up and yeah now I think I am better a lot better at art and drawing but I at school it wasn't I enjoyed art but I didn't I found it different I didn't find it supernatural okay I think that's really interesting yeah I am I am a good realist not not the best, but I can draw something really accurately. Yeah. But I hate it. Yes, I can imagine that. <laughs> I can imagine it's too... It's too boring. Confining yeah. for you as well. It's too neat and tidy. Yeah. And, uh, no. I used to be, they'd be like, now we're doing the, the nice shading of the shadows. Yeah. And I'd just be like, but I want a painting green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Um. So what did you do? So you obviously said you did... Um, fashion design yeah so I actually started my fashion career before I so when I finished school I went to college and I actually did a BTEC in fashion design and clothing rather than A levels um and I say that was like the defining point of me being like oh wow there's jobs that I could do because I think when you're at school and stuff you think oh there's only like fashion design or you don't know of all the different jobs that are within the industry like garment technicians pattern cutters graders like all these jobs that are really scientific as well as creative and they were the jobs that I'd always been drawn to um so yeah my college course was absolutely amazing like we learned how to use industrial machines like pattern cutting like I made a full three-piece tailored suit for my final collection because I was just so interested in all that I think at that time I did want to be like a tailor because I was just so interested by the intricacy of say like Savile Row tailors that are really they have to be so accurate and spot on I just find it so interesting um I also did A-levels on the side because 
um, at that point, my mum and dad, they've always been so, so supportive and so um, enthusiastic about what both me and my sister wanted to do, but they didn't want me to put all my eggs into one basket because my sister had done that and then massively changed direction Mm -hmm. from going to drama school to doing politics. So for me saying, oh, I want to do fashion design, they just thought that was a bit like too narrow. but I was so glad that I did. I loved that course. It was fantastic. And actually, when I came to go to university, a lot of the things we were taught, in, especially in our first year, were things I'd already covered at college because it was such an advanced, uh, specific course. Um, so, yeah. And I also, when I left college, I didn't know if I wanted to go to university because, again, I felt like it, like, the design aspect of it wasn't really for me so I had a year out just to see and I worked for a independent designer for a year so I did manufacturing pattern cutting um just for like a small business um like making stuff every day really and I absolutely loved it it was brilliant um but I could see how much fun all my friends were having at uni so I did think that I needed to give it a chance and decided that that was the way to go I guess so after university um what was the trajectory to get to now really um yeah so when I left uni well as I was leaving uni I think we were getting ready for graduation we'd started looking at jobs and our teachers were trying to help us um and obviously most people want to go to like London or you know somewhere like that to follow their fashion career or become a designer or work for a designer and I wasn't really sure but I kind of knew I wanted to go into the more technical side of industry so I was looking at jobs for garment technicians pattern cutters those sort of things um and then a I spotted a job at Paul Smith that was for a um Oh, I can't remember the job title now. I think it was like technical, technical pattern room assistant or something like that. Um, and the job description just sounded absolutely up my street. Like it just sounded a perfect entryway into the fashion industry. Um, and it happened to be in based in Nottingham. And being from Derbyshire, it all seemed like, oh, well, this would be way too good to be true. Um, so I got, I think I got my university lecturer to help me with my application and sorting out all my portfolio and just really tried to tailor it to all my technical strengths um, and sent the application and had like didn't really think of it after that that I'd even get an interview um but I did I got an interview and I went for interview and I had to do a grading test now I'd never ever done any sort of grading (laughs) before my interview so I'd borrowed a book from the university library on pattern grading and I'd read it from front to back and like got all the knowledge that I could to like gather together um because I knew there was going to be a test part of the section um at the interview so yeah I just went and I winged it basically (laughs) (laughs) um and somehow managed to get the job um which I can't believe because there was like internal applicants that didn't that I got it over (laughs) 
which was amazing. <laughs> I felt really bad because I didn't know for like years later, like talking to the people, and then I'm like, oh no, you like I just took your job basically. Um, but no, so I started off as a yeah, as an assistant um, pattern assistant, and then managed to work my way up through being an assistant grader and then finally up to pattern grader um and I absolutely loved it it was amazing it was it was really technical it was a lovely fun office to work in um and it gave me the flexibility and the freedom to work on doing my own stuff in in my spare time so every lunch break um, I'd be on the sewing machines, like making something for going out the weekend or mm-hmm. something for a friend or for my sister. So I re- and I got to speak to all sorts of people who have been in the industry for like so many years, and I just like s- would soak up knowledge from them, like the pattern cutters who have been, you know, working with Paul since day dot. I'd like, you know, question them about stuff, get to learn all the tips and tricks, work with the machinist to see the best way of making stuff and just really like soaked up as much knowledge as I could. Um, And then a few of my friends started getting engaged and one of my best friends um, asked me if I'd make her wedding dress and I'd never really thought about the wedding industry or that it would be something I'd be interested in. I knew I didn't want to work in the fashion industry because it is so um quite cutthroat and not really the like fast-paced environment that I wanted to work in um however the wedding industry seemed a bit more interesting um and I guess from Carly coming and asking me to make her wedding dress I realized there probably is a gap for the more unique wedding dresses like all the friends that I'd had previously that got married they would wear the strapless ball gown type of dress and a lot of them would say oh I just didn't really feel like it was me or feel like myself um so one of my brand values is I just really want brides to feel like themselves and especially on their wedding day just a really amazing version of themselves because I think it gives you more confidence you feel more comfortable um so yeah so after making Carly's dress I started getting more asks for, so her other friend asked me and then my uh, sister's friends were asking me and I just realized oh hang on I'm really enjoying like doing these bespoke garments for people like maybe this could be something to seriously consider um so yeah so I, I was at Paul Smith for I think nearly seven years um and then I just decided to I'd built up enough work on the sidelines that I decided to give it a go and start on my own and see what happened. So obviously moving on from doing uh, friends and friends of friends and it building into what is now a full-time business, where have you found that a lot of your inspiration comes from? Um, And when it's something, something I find interesting is when your work is client driven, um, how do you put your, your, like, your take of um your creativity into what they're asking you to to produce if that makes sense um you know because you are not a dressmaker you do not make copies of dresses that people have seen you make one-off bespoke things for people um obviously alongside your own collection I know you've got a collection but if we're talking about bespoke and creativity and bringing someone else's vision to life 
Um, especially as you said, like people were just saying, oh, I, I wouldn't feel like myself, mm. I didn't feel like me. I think that's a really like a magical thing that I found in the wedding industry, that you're taking someone's vision and putting your own stamp on it and then they're like, how did you know? <laughs> how did it, it is, isn't it? It's quite a yeah. magical feeling. And I, I'm not 100% sure how to put it into words, but where, I guess yeah. where do you take your inspiration? Is it from the, the client's words? Or is it your choice of fabrics? Or is it some of the collection pieces you make? Mm. And Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, one of the things I absolutely love about my job is that generally every client is so different because every person is so different so that is really inspirational to me because it's not often I make the exact same garment more than once um so yeah getting to know my clients is a journey I love um and I've become really good friends with so many of them since working on this special journey together for their like before their wedding um yeah and fabrics is a really good one so I spend a lot of time sourcing um like exquisite silks um textures laces like I am an absolute fabric hoarder (laughs) so I get a lot sometimes I'll see a fabric and I can already a, a design kind of just comes to me like I can see what I want to do with it immediately um, or I'll see something that I know a client will absolutely love because I've I've spent that time getting to know them and getting to know their wedding and getting to know their family and it's just I'll see something and think oh that is perfect for that garment or that garment um, so yeah I think it kind of it's just really evolutionary as well the way that I work I don't necessarily I try to always say to clients when I do initial designs don't be scared that that is going to be the exact dress that you end up with or outfit or whatever we're working on um because everybody is so unique that the garments and the dresses tend to evolve throughout the process so at every fitting something might get tweaked or changed or you know it's it's how you feel and I just want clients to feel so comfortable and so confident um so yeah it's just kind of evolves with it really mm. I think that's really interesting that you say that you're inspired, that the fabric is a big part mm. of it. Because I, I would always say that, particularly with the flowers part, is that like I am just the vehicle for the flowers. And everyone's like, no, you're, you're super creative. And I'm like, yeah, but a bucket of flowers is beautiful, whether I've done anything with it or not. That's I, I know yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a weird way of looking at it. No, I kind of get what you're saying, yeah. But it, it isn't that. I know, I know it isn't yeah, no, that. It's, take, it's taken me quite a few years to like put myself into the equation and be like, actually, yes, I am, I do. I am the transformative magic that makes them this. Definitely. But it is like that with the fabric. Like you say, you see a piece of fabric or a piece, like a lace, because um, I've, you know, she is a fabric hoarder, guys. <laughs> I've seen. Um, but the fabrics are all so beautiful that I, I I get, I think I'm getting what you're saying is that like you see this thing and you you just say like, that is going to look great in a, in a, a more tailored bodice. Yeah. That's going to look great as a big flowy veil. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so that's really interesting. Yeah. And, um, I guess, um, like, do, do you have to, do, because you have lots of swatches and stuff. Mm. Do people come with like a certain idea and you maybe steer them in, di- not a different direction, obviously you'll do what the client wants, but do you think people turn up with a very 
I find that people turn up with a very basic knowledge of, of what they want and then I show them what I can do and they're like, oh yeah Yeah. and i guess with your stuff it might be like i want a a floral lace dress and then you show them that you've got a skirt and a lace top and a slip and this that and the other and they're and you sort of open their eyes is that that's quite a magical thing i I think so yeah i think it's really nice to kind of um like sometimes you have a initial consultations with possible clients that just like evolve in front of you and it's like people are amazed that I can kind of pull a load of bits together and kind of create something that I could then go on to make for them properly um and yeah I think it's just playing around and it's just like trial and error a lot of the time of trying oh I don't think like some laces are for some people and some definitely aren't and the same with like silks like I'd put one person in one thing and then it just wouldn't work for the other one um so I definitely think there's an element of yeah it's just a working process like playing around with fabrics to get something like get the magic to happen yeah, I guess it's knowledge I um you don't, you sort of don't appreciate that your knowledge quickens that process mm. so much, doesn't it? Like, um, I was saying uh, when I spoke to Lauren um, that people will say to me, "Oh yes, uh, when I'm doing a workshop, oh you're so good at that, you're so it's so how you do it so quickly," and you're like, and I, I'm quite sarcastic, you know me, I'm quite sarcastic, but you're like, of course, of course I'm good at it I've been doing it for 10 years it's what I do and, and it's like with you when you just see someone and you know it's got to be yeah. heavy yeah. satin or something and it's I don't know it's quite that is that is all the knowledge that you've accumulated over yeah. the years coming into play in such a quick decision yeah true yeah, is, yeah I don't think about that with all that said do you sometimes find that your own creativity gets in your way a bit um I'm more thinking of like the pottery incident. Yes. Yes. So I knew this. Um, <laughs> so we, um, one of our friends' mums uh, is a ceramicist, ceramic artist, a potter. I don't know. Um, and she makes lovely, lovely things in her home studio. And um, it was a, a year or so ago. Uh, invited us round to sit in the garden and make some things with clay that she was going to fire for us, and. Um, just watching Susie (laughs) with a blank piece of clay and no plan um, was like watching a deer in headlights. It was quite, it was quite, no, I mean, it's not mean, I'm not laughing at you. It was quite funny. Um, And I've, I've had that before. Like when I've been to, when you paint plates and stuff and I've not made a plan, I've not got a sketchbook full of ideas before. You just sit and look at that blank page and you're like, it's very scary. And I think um, think that's what you had that day. You're like, I've not really thought about what I'm going to make. What am I going to do? Is is that something that you, obviously you've got a lot more information prior to working with your clients, but when you've got an absolutely stunning collection, yeah. Um, that people can also buy from and uh, builds towards your bespoke clients, how do you make that collection? Like, how does that come about when you're staring at that blank page? And, yeah. like, obviously you've got... You say you see the lovely fabric and you see how it might work, but where how does that translate into a garment? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the creativity gets in the way with things 
that are a lot more free I guess when okay. I don't have a plan or anything um and people always say to me like oh you'd be amazing on um sewing bee but I'd be awful <laughs> at the uh, what is it the where they get a load of say sleeping bags and they've got to create something like that would spin me out because I haven't got like an actual direction or you know like draping on the stand is a skill I really want to work on because I I have to have like a practical pattern and do all the mathematical scientific measurements behind stuff before I can let myself be free and (laughs) um so when it comes to designing the collection I guess I take a lot of the creativity and inspiration comes from previous clients or potential clients or previous appointments and I can kind of gauge what's maybe missing or what a lot of people are drawn to or um like you know what I feel my ideal client would love to wear for her wedding or what some of my friends might want to wear I guess it's kind of drawing on like you say like all the knowledge that I already have and all the experience I already have and like piecing it all together as like a little puzzle yeah it's like thinking of I guess you're thinking of that ideal client Mm. rather than it it's not a specific person but in you know all the sort of branding work you're ever taught to do it's always like picture your ideal customer and design for them yeah so I guess you're looking in and you're so immersed in the wedding industry that you're seeing what people are what you know um like not not necessarily what's trending but where things are going you know where is if uh, is this is this something people are leaning towards Mm. or and it I think I think massively for you it's sort of everything's gone towards more individuality and people trying to be themselves Themselves. so that works massively in your favor Mm. but in in a design sense as well it's got you know it's got roots to uh, a bit more of a relaxed vibe and you you do that just so well like thank you you do though (laughs) Uh, you know it's just so like I don't know flowing and free and Mm. um yeah I think that's I think that's part of the art of it, actually, isn't it? Like, yeah. just translating all people's crazy, crazy Pinterest boards full of ideas into, like, actually what they want. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, we've had some funny conversations about clients yeah. who who can't... It's just no fault of theirs, but they can't fully express what it is they want. Yeah. And they will send... I have this. They'll send you a bunch of pictures... And you're like, what is it about that picture yeah, that, you, that like you like? Because I can't, I, I, I don't know. And and it might be that one picture, I'm just talking about flowers, one picture has got loads of red in it, another picture's all pastels, and they tell me, and they say, I like the colours. And and, <laughs> but, and then they say, but I don't like red. And I'm like, you do know that there's lots of red in yeah. this. And it's like, it's that vision, it's people's vision that's really hard to read, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Um, I think I always yeah. try and like draw out. It's like so if they send me a picture of a dress, I'm like, do you like the silhouette? Do you like the neckline? Do you like the fabric? And if it comes that it's a no to everything, I'm like, I think what you like is the style of the photo rather than mm. what is in it. And I think that says a lot about stuff. And I've had clients that have sent like their mood boards have had hundreds and hundreds of images on and it, I, you know I have to cipher through it all and see what it is they actually like about it and I do find that quite often people pin stuff because it's 
a feeling rather than mm-hmm. what is actually in the picture and so it's it takes a lot of skill as I'm sure you're very yeah. aware to draw that out and then you can put yourself in it and start doing the designs yourself and drawing off what they they kind of know. Um, I, I always ask people if they've booked them already who their photographer is. Yes. That just gives yes. me such a good, a good indication of what they're drawn to image-wise. Photog- all photographers have their own style and they're all you know, amazing and unique in their own ways. And just even if it's a photographer I've never personally worked mm. with, I'll be able to like flick through there and that's what the couple have seen yes. and that's what they've booked them based yes. on. I'm like, right, they like I this, get this, that vibe, vibe that mood. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I do that with florist because oh. for me, the feel of a wedding has a lot to do with venue and florist linking to what their outfit and dress is going to be like. That's Because true. obviously all florists are so varied and different and I can kind of get a feel for what style of wedding they're going to have from maybe their choice of florist so it's oh. quite interesting okay oh god that scares me <laughs> oh no <laughs> what do you what do you hear when when they say I'm picking a British seasonal marianne well I know that's like my dream <laughs> dream client (laughs) wild and free and yeah british always (laughs) um okay so i guess thinking about like that that is leading quite well into this next question that that because that is a lesson we have learned that you have learned along the way um of to like how to hone in your clients but Mm. also hone in your creativity towards those clients um do do are there any particular things that you wish you'd learned sooner um and maybe are there things you wish you'd learned about yourself i think that's quite Mm. important like um i certainly think that i always told myself i had to be like a planner a perfect planner to get the job done that I was supposed to be doing because in in life you're supposed to be a perfect motivated productive planner (laughs) whereas actually even the work I do lends itself to a bit of a last minute Larry and I'm good at that and I you know you working under pressure you've seen me do it I pull it out of the bag it's done absolutely and I don't but I, I I wish I'd worked out sooner that that was That's a good okay. thing and it's okay it's and i've not, not beating myself up for yeah. years going but i'm i'm running around like a like a crazy person the two days before the wedding and it's like well when that kind that of you has, have to to be do, done. That has to be it and eat that leaning into like my other my art practice and um you know the workshops and stuff i i i guess i have to just trust that i am gonna do it because mm. i know i can do it but it's been a very hard learning curve Mm. for me to admit that it's fine that that's okay yeah and I guess maybe thinking about some of the things you said is like uh at at college not being sorry at university not being able to do the drawing perfectly or whatever so maybe talking about some of those things that you have realized about Mm. yourself and maybe yeah what you wish you'd learned sooner yeah I think yeah I think the drawing thing and not like claiming that I am a designer earlier um being almost scared of well it's like like with you not putting photographer on your accolades for such a long time 
whereas I would absolutely class you as a photographer. Um, so it's like kind of owning those things and thinking like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not any um, Dior, like designing, like, you know, I think it just because it's something that hasn't come supernatural to me. Um, whereas actually now I'm very proud to be a British independent designer. Um, so, yeah, I think things like that and things like trusting myself more and because sometimes I've like I like to be led by the client and I think it's important because obviously essentially they are the ones that you're doing the work for however sometimes I have been I don't know what the right word is not nervous but um almost like didn't want to say when I kind of know something should be a certain way or it's only going to work in a set way allowing the client to direct me in their thoughts and then actually I end up having to do it my way because that is the way that works and their way hasn't worked out so much so I guess I guess learning to trust myself more and trust my knowledge and experience more knowing that actually what I think is right is probably the best way to do it and voicing that more clearly to clients yeah because that's hard because at the end of the day, you want them to say yes and they, you want them to book you and yeah. carry on their journey with you. Um, so it can be quite difficult to be like, you're... Not, not you're wrong. Not but you're like, wrong, but you know, this is the way to go. What you're describing me. to me is different from what the pictures you're showing or that yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a big trust thing, yeah. trusting your, your gut. And I think that's, that's just a huge thing in all the creative fields, like just you know no like things like knowing when when the design is done yes knowing when to yeah. stop leave or, it alone yeah leave it alone <clears throat> or knowing that an experiment can just be for the sake of an experiment it doesn't have to be perfect <laughs> yeah me and you <laughs> it doesn't have to be perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> but yeah i think that's that's really interesting um thing for that I think a lot of creative people would yeah, say. Yeah, and that, don't get me wrong, it's still something I'm definitely learning and having to work on. But yeah, it's something that I'm a lot more conscious of now that I do need to trust myself with certain things and know that, you know, these people have put their wedding outfit in my hands for a reason because they trust me and they trust my knowledge and experience. So I have to use that and I need to go with that. Yeah, it's like saying... Um, it, it's like saying come to me for what I do rather than come yes, to me to for change what, to, for what you I don't know seen in the in a magazine yeah yeah and that's I think that's like what Pinterest has a lot to answer for <laughs> uh, for me certainly uh yeah that's really interesting okay so um I think it's a good time to start talking about um sort of creativity in other parts of your life and um you'll laugh when I say this but like hobbies um and uh yeah I guess what how do you express yourself in in other ways because when you're wrapped up in a creative business it can be really hard to like seek other areas out Um, yeah and you know I was saying about sort of um like interiors interior design fashion choices the clothes you wear you know you were just showing me your lovely nails before the podcast. <laughs> no, they're, they're all different ways you express yourself. And yeah. I, was, I was wondering if you do have any uh, like creative hobbies. Um, yeah, be interesting to hear. Yeah, so 
this is definitely something that I want to work on and need to work on going forward. Um, Because in the past couple of years, it's been very apparent that I don't really, I turned my hobby into a business, which is now full time. Um, So unfortunately, I don't find the same love in making my own clothes or making, you know, bits and bobs for myself, sewing essentially. Um, that I used to because that was always what I'd do in my spare time I'd make uh, clothes for my godchildren or my friends or my you know myself like outfits for the weekend or something um so it's something going forward I've kind of discovered that for me it's finding creative activities that aren't directly linked to sewing designing making so that might be baking like I love baking and making cakes and that's always been something I've enjoyed um I find real creativity and inspiration being out in nature I mean I live in Matlock in the Peak District and it's just so beautiful we're so lucky all the beauty we have on our doorstep so taking a nice long walk with putting the world to rights with my sister or my best friend or just with my dog like that's really important for me to kind of feel like I'm topping up my creativity a bit when it feels a bit drained from working all the time in a creative job because it is it's a lot sometimes when you have to feel like you have to force yourself to be creative to get the job done um but yeah I would like I'm trying to do a bit of knitting but I've never been very good at knitting I'm not (laughs) terrible but I think because when I sew something I can see it come together so quickly whereas with knitting it takes a long time (laughs) I get a bit like frustrated or fall out of love with it um but yeah I'm trying to find I'm not very good at sitting and doing nothing like I like to be busy with my hands so something like knitting whilst watching the telly that's something Mm. quite nice and relaxing um but yeah it's definitely something I want to work on more going forward is finding some nice hobbies that don't feel like work and that I can actually find love and passion and enjoy Mm. um but yeah interiors as well we're just trying to do some bits to our house and I'm finding that so interesting choosing paints and styles and flooring and trying to piece it all together it's definitely a, a design yeah. in itself doing all that that stuff i am um, i just will never try and knit again <laughs> like i can't do it it's not for me in the same way that like when i say making a dress makes me like turn my head inside well, out like me trying to make anything out of pottery oh or... yeah <laughs> yeah you know we've all got our strengths <laughs> yeah definitely again that's something i've really learned about myself is that i don't have to be good at everything creative like I think when someone you think that oh I'm a creative person I should naturally be so good at at everything whereas like we were saying earlier like drawing I'm not I can't draw really realist stuff really expertly and I've learned that's okay like I don't have to be creative at every single thing like I can just pick my strengths Mm, absolutely and like lean into them yeah definitely you know I yeah you I beat myself up for not being good at x y and z yeah but it's like that's okay absolutely it's okay and also it's quite sometimes it can be quite nice to just go and give something a go that's not 
your strength yeah just for the fun of it yeah and try and find enjoyment in that because again I think in the past all the stuff I've done as say like a hobby it's always been oh building my business up on the side or you know making presents for people rather than just doing it because actually I really enjoy this there's no end goal I'm just having a nice time while I'm doing it Mm. um so yeah finding a bit more of that in life would be really good optimal yeah (laughs) fair enough yeah I think uh, I need to take a leaf out of your book and then we also need to just do it don't we yeah because yeah we're terrible at it. <laughs> we just work, 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 work. Yeah, it's finding the balance, definitely. Yeah, well, we'll get there, probably. Um, yeah, so I guess all that's left to do is to ask a bit more about like the, the future. What's, I don't know, what does the future hold for Susie and your creativity and your business and, yeah. Um, yeah, so at the minute, um, I'm just about to take on my first ever shop, which <gasps> feels very exciting. Um, a little bit scary, but exciting. Um, but yeah, the perfect spot has come up and I just couldn't resist it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And again, getting you know it all designed how I want it and making it all lovely inside for my clients. Um, yeah, I'm also working on a lovely new collection that should be out later this year. Um, I don't tend to do like seasonal releases of pieces. Um, I find it I work in a much more organic way, so I'll just build stuff up as I go, or like I was saying before, like I'll find a fabric that really inspires me and I'll want to create an outfit out of that. Um, so my collection just kind of grows naturally Um, but yeah I'm excited about the next chapter for Susanna Greening and seeing where it takes me Um, I've got some lovely clients this year some beautiful weddings Um, and yeah watch this space I guess and um, where can people watch your space (laughs) where can we find you (laughs) so you can find me on Instagram at Susanna Greening Designs or over on my website Um, I need to start blogging more that's something I definitely (laughs) need to do more of this year Um, because I get to work on so many exciting projects that I just need to share them a bit more and tell people about them Um, and you can also find my new shop will be based in Matlock in Derbyshire if you want to come and have a chat about wedding dresses oh well now you've invited me (laughs) please do the kettle is always on oh wow no it's so exciting I'm so excited to see what comes for you next um and yeah yeah thank you so much for being a guest it's so funny to be I know it feels yeah it's just like a Chat rubbish. A nice chat. <laughs> no, thank but, you. It's been yeah. lovely, and it's really interesting talking about creativity in this way. Like a lot of things I'd not really considered before, and questions I've not really thought about. So yes, thank you very much for having me. That's fine. Thank you, and um, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to episode three of the Creative Cure. I'll be back next week, uh, where I'll be talking to artist and printmaker Claire Selman. If you like what you've heard today, you can subscribe to The Creative Cure wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to leave me a review, that would be fantastic. I'll speak to you next time. Bye!